0: award-winning book spirit of the woods the story of a young woman's encounter with bigfoot by james Allen ross hey boo things it's your girl rebecca and lily and you're listening to just ghouly things Ooh. hey boo things and welcome back to just ghouly things and we are your bootyful hosts rebecca and lily hey all right, Lily. So of course, in just Gully Things fashion, we've got to update it on what's going on in the life of Lily Baldessari. So Lily, take it away. Yes. So it was my, f- okay. So I had my first
1: week at my new job position this week. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so far, no real crazy uh, customers because I started, um, it was, like, the week of and then the weekend of, m- like, Memorial Day weekend or whatever. So, like, it wasn't busy because it's New Jersey. So, I had, like, not, n- nothing interesting yet. But don't worry. I'm sure there's more to come. Mm-hmm. I also know um, our loyal followers and a lot of other people just listen for the Bagel Boy stories. And I hate to admit it, but he has been removed from the narrative indefinitely. Hashtag canceled. Yeah. I mean, Listen. I just think, you know, I, I can't say too much, but, um, I'm just like, I don't even know what to say about this, but just, yeah, it's just indefinitely, you know, I, I <laughs> it's just not happening people. It's just not going to yeah, happen. I just, like yeah. If In case you guys remember me saying a, like a couple weeks ago, like words cannot express enough how much nothing is going to happen with this. Like, I do need to let the public know that just nothing is going to happen with this. And while it's fun, like, always fun to kind of be like, Oh, I ran into, you know, Baker boy came in and, you know, this happened and that happened. Like, I really cannot stress enough that it is not, it's not going to happen. It's like fetch, right? Stop trying to make bagel boy happen. It's not going to happen. And I bagel still, boy? again, I still hope he doesn't find this podcast. Um, because like, like I said, there's no, like, I did, as I said last week, find him on a dating app, but I made sure to take everything out of my <laughs> dating
0: bios because I don't want him to find it. So, well, If Bagel Boy does find this just no Bagel Boy, you are so not (laughs) fetch. Thanks for the loyal listeners too. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like, thank you for being a huge part of Just Ghouli Things banter. Honestly, but there will be
1: for all of my future crushes and dating prospects, we will have good nicknames. But Rebecca, I feel like you're the one with some big news this week.
0: So... I am actually so excited to segue into this because this week's episode is kind of based off of what's going on in my life. I feel like that sounds so selfish, but like it was just a good idea. No, no, no. We're all a little selfish here. This week, our topic is on Las Vegas hauntings. And the reason why I thought of this as this week's episode topic is because this coming Wednesday, I will be doing media coverage for a huge boxing match occurring at the Virgin Mobile Hotel which used to be the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, I'm super excited about it. Some of you guys that are loyal listeners that follow me on my personal page may know that I also have a boxing podcast where uh, it's called Inside the Ring with Rebecca Ruber and I talk <laughs> to fighters and I talk to different promoters and just different people in the boxing community and The whole point of my podcast is to get to know these people on a more personal level and ask them kind of unconventional questions that you typically don't hear in a normal interview and kind of for their fans to get to know them on a different level that you wouldn't normally see them. So um, my work that I've been putting into it has finally been recognized to a certain degree. So I'm so excited. I am so I'm so excited. I've never been to Vegas before. I am super excited. I'm a little nervous. Because I'm going out by myself. Going out by yourself? Yes. Oh, geez. So. um, Oh, geez. Las Vegas better be
1: ready for me, bitch. (laughs) You need to, I'm telling you, you need to make yourself like an international, like boxing reporter and then break the Paul brothers hearts. I'm just like, just like lure them in from the crowd, just like make faces at them. And they think, oh, yes, I'm one of the Paul brothers. She'll swoon for me and then flash them the ring. And they'll be like, oh, no, the advantage isn't for me. And then they'll just like, I don't know, disappear from not, you know, advancing to what they want
0: to achieve. Lilia has such beef with the Paul brothers that she (laughs) don't even know exists. I would just like to say. I do. I DM her all the time about the fights
1: on Inside the Ring about the fucking Paul brothers. I hate
0: them so much. I love it. Let me tell you guys, like my like you know, you can have friends that like support your work, but Lily is such a good friend that like she, I don't know if she like tries or she pretends to like, kind of know what boxing lingo is to engage with my posts just to make it seem like people are like commenting on my stuff. And it's like, honestly, like number one fan energy and I'm here for it. But most of the time when she comments about boxing content, she somehow loops in the Paul brothers and like how she wants their asses to get beat. And it's just the funniest thing to me because that's like the only thing Lily can offer and like, it means the world to me.
1: My extent of the knowledge of boxing is just that I hate the Paul brothers. Like that's it. That's all I know. I know that you talk about it. There's gloves involved and I hate the Paul brothers. That's all I got. I'm not like a final boss alpha Paul brother fight with Logan and what's the other one? Jake.
0: I've, I <laughs> you kill me i it's just I, it really is so funny how lily i feel like has gotten more invested in boxing just to know what happens to the paul brothers in their fights
1: i, I didn't know i cared this much rebecca like honestly i'm happy you brought it like boxing to my attention because i didn't know <laughs> i had no fucking idea and like i like you guys rebecca does like if you follow um inside the rings page they do like the stories with like the polls and the quizzes and I would just like to say that I get almost every question wrong and then I dm at the end I got everything wrong but it's about the friends we make along the way <laughs> the people you meet and your self-discovery journey that's what that's what they're about not 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 boxing knowledge I hope it's okay
0: yeah I appreciate the engagement and the effort put forward into my work so thank you it, It's It's fun awesome. to play so without further ado, Lily, do you want to start with, because you have three stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have, and so you have three encounter stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have two, um, I have two places that I'm going to talk about. So do you kind of want to go back and forth? Yeah, sure. All right. You, um, you start with it, Lily.
1: Okay. So I'll start, my goddamn notes app is closed again. I'm going to start with this story Entitled Las Vegas Ghost Experience. So, this one is by AA Life Pursuit on Reddit. And it says Has anyone else experienced paranormal activity at the D Hotel in Las Vegas? During my last night in Vegas, I stayed at this hotel alone and had a super freaky experience. I was exhausted from a hike earlier in the day with my cousins, which had an earlier flight than me. This hotel was cheap and nice ish. The night I was that night I was too tired to go out and party so I stayed in. I sent a video to my sister telling her the hotel was nice and that I was safe. I passed out from exhaustion and with all the lights on watching TV. Around 3 a.m. I heard loud noises and banging banging in the bathroom that woke me up in a terror. I got up, looked in the bathroom and nothing. I looked out the hotel door peephole and nothing. I walked into the hallway and nothing. Then as I walked back to my bed, I noticed it. The chair that I had pushed into the desk counter thing was pushed back all the way to the bed. I felt chills, but went straight to the chair and pushed it back in as if nothing had happened. I could feel something watching me, but I tried my best to act cool. I changed the channel from the infomercial on TV to something else and eventually fell back to sleep. In the morning, I sat in bed And the chair had been moved back next to the bed. At first, I thought maybe I was going crazy or had dreamed everything. But then I looked back at the video I sent my sister the night before. And the chair was inside the desk. Ah! I didn't get up at all after taking that video the night before all the noises. I wasn't crazy. There was definitely some kind of ghost in that room. I've just been wondering if anyone else has experienced anything like that in the D Hotel near Fremont Street. I can't seem to shake it off. So, yeah. Here's so there were some interesting comments, right? One person said stuff about, um, a place called the Artisan Hotel, which is a boutique hotel. And then someone else commented called <laughs> this username is Where My Witch Is At. Yes. <laughs> and Where My Witch Is At says, My dad lives in Vegas and we frequent Fremont Street. I am a huge fan of true crime, mob action, paranormal activity in Vegas and Old Vegas. Fremont Street was the original strip in the 1950s. I came across a news article a while ago while I was doing some ghost history searching that talks about a woman killed in the D Hotel. If I remember correctly, she fell down or was thrown down the laundry chute from one of the highest floors on her wedding night. Of course, it's always the wedding night. Of course. Not sure if I've remembered all the details perfectly, but a young female definitely died on the property. Given how long the building has been around, I wouldn't be surprised if there has been more than one death there. Wow. And- yeah, and then OP says, thanks for sharing. I had no previous luck finding anything on the D-Hotel deaths and murders. It's so creepy. So I guess the jury's like still out about the history of this like supposedly haunted hotel. But I mean, Las Vegas, at first I was thinking what I think a lot of people would think, which is like, is the hotel on an incline? But it's literally literally the Nevada desert. Like mm-hmm. it's flat. There's yeah. no hills, there's no mountains. If the hotel was on a mountain, like that, it would be called like the mountain hotel, right? Like, yeah. so also I feel like they wouldn't put rolly chairs on a, in a hotel that's on a tilt because that's a liability issue. What if there's a small child running around the room? You know? So I thought that was kind of spooky kooky ooky, and especially the fact that like, you know, whoever wrote this, like decided to take a video, like what if, hear me out here, They just kind of sat down with like those high tech headphones that they use Mm -hmm. on like all the ghost hunting shows, you know, and kind of like, what if they heard something, but I'm not going to touch upon that too much because I don't want to get into my theories. I kind of just want to focus on, you know, what I have. And that's that. This is a big street. It was the original L.A. Strip. There was criminal activity and a woman died in the hotel. And that's that on that.
0: I definitely, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm leaning towards more like the woman possibly being there and like sitting at the desk, just trying to make herself known. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking about the Westgate, uh, the Westgate hotel, and this is based in Las Vegas. And the article that I'm going to read from is from KTNV.com and it's titled, did Elvis ever really leave the Westgate? Ooh. So on July 1st, 1969, the International Hotel opened in Las Vegas. And at the time, it was the largest hotel and casino in the world. And 30 days later, it would become home to one of the world's biggest entertainers, also known as Elvis Presley. So... Quote, it was at that time billed at his comeback tour and there was a great buzz about that in Las Vegas, end quote. And that was by Gordon Prouty, who was the vice president of the public and community relations at the Westgate Resort Hotel and Casino. Elvis performed 837 consecutive shows at the International- Holy shit! Yeah, at the International Theater over seven years with the theater often packed with stars like Cary Grant and Carol Channing. His last show was in December of 1976. Several months later, in the summer of 1977, the king of rock rock and roll was in fact dead. Shortly after Elvis's friend and fellow Las Vegas performer Wayne Newton got a call from what was then the Las Vegas Hilton. Quote, I believe he was hesitant about it because it was his friend and it was his friend's stage, but he was encouraged that this was an incredible opportunity and you need to do this. So he did, end quote, said Prouty. A couple months after Elvis's death, Newton and his band director created an Elvis medley, a tribute for his late friend. And before a show one evening, he was told by a crew member that the balcony would be closed that night, something performers were made aware of before shows, so they wouldn't acknowledge a crowd that wasn't there. <laughs> that would be me that's actually great so mid-show newton called for the elvis medley the first time he would perform it and while he sang all of the lights in the theater fell well all but one which was a spotlight on newton oh, the, the bands kept playing so wayne kept singing said Prouty. Said Prouty. he says that as he's performing he looks up and he notices the image of a man coming into the balcony And he thought it was strange because he was told specifically there would be no one up there, end quote. The person in the balcony, Newton said, was Elvis Presley himself. He said that he looked at him. Elvis looked down at Wayne. He looked at peace, smiled at him. And when Wayne tells a story, he said it made him feel that Elvis was telling him he was okay and was appreciating the performance, said Prouty. Newton described the experience as one of the best of his life. And while Mr. Las Vegas may be the most famous person to report seeing Elvis on property, he's far from the only one. Employees and visitors have reportedly seen Elvis's image on the casino floor, in the long, dark hallways of the upper floors and in the Tuscany Villa, otherwise known as the Elvis Suite. Quote, the Tuscany actually sits where the Elvis Suite was, said Prouty. He always had a group of people who traveled with him and they'd all stay with him, end quote. And many of the people who stay in the villa now have reported feeling Elvis's presence, seeing his image and even hearing his music drift through the space, even when there's no radio turned on. So the question is, guys, is Elvis's spirit really still in the building? And why would he have stayed after all these years? And Prouty, who is the vice president, like I said, his explanation to all this is, it's his comeback. His comeback was on this property. He did 837 (laughs) shows, right? So people from all over the world came to visit and whether they stayed there or just came to see his performance, this was the place where Elvis was. So Prouty believes that his spirit is still present in this building. And when people feel it, it's actually a real feeling. And this is Elvis Presley's final resting place.
1: Rebecca, you have to fucking go there. That's bananas. And I mean, I can imagine for someone like Elvis Presley performing as his heaven and where he got to, you know, live out, you know, his kind of like last performing years doing what he loved for all different types of people, that must feel like heaven. So yeah,
0: I mean, I don't see why his spirit wouldn't still be there. I think that spirits can linger. I don't think that your spirit is just in one place, but I definitely think that's a hot spot for Elvis
1: yeah you know maybe that's like his home heaven and then he goes around and visits wherever or whatever goes to Graceland on a Sunday I don't know I don't know what the hell Elvis's ghost would do I don't know what he did when he was alive but that's (laughs) a really sweet story and I think you should if you I mean I don't know what your schedule is but if you have time just go and like see if you pick up Elvis vibes I would love that Just be like, hello, yes, I'm an entertainer. Are you here? And maybe he'll say like, yeah, baby, or something. I don't know. So my next story is by a user named Only If You Qualify. And this story is really, it's very juicy. And of course, we have to, since it's just ghouly things, and we are talking about Las Vegas, where else would we talk about but Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum? Of course. So- This is by the user only if you qualify, and it goes like this. Holy shit. I didn't even put two and two together. I read this and didn't realize that it took place on my birthday. No way! Yeah, it says, I went to the Haunted Museum with my girlfriend on December 6, 2020. I want to start off... I mean, I wasn't born last year, but that's my date of birth so i want to start off by saying i have a very strong intuition with energy i experienced many things at the tour i saw a shadow figure when i thought it was a worker i saw an apparition of a pale looking lady wearing a black witch hat and some kind of witch robe i am a male and when i was using the restroom my hair slicked back with gel i felt hair lift up almost into a mini ponytail My main highlight would be that I was in a room. I can't remember which which one. And while the host was talking, I felt a little hand hold my hand. I'm very intuitive and I immediately felt and knew it was a little girl. I instantly felt really sad for her. I felt so much sympathy for this little girl. I felt as if she needed help or something. I told my girlfriend that I feel like there is a little girl with us. And I told her that she wasn't evil and she wasn't good. In all honesty, I'm thinking this little girl isn't evil, but she has to be a little crazy to be able to be in that house, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. No peaceful ghosts end up in the museum. Anyways, this part is important to remember. After I felt the little girl let go of my hand, in four different rooms, she tugged on my pants four different times. It was the right calf at the exact same spot every time. This happened in the mirror room the second time in another room and the third and fourth time was within seconds of each other there's a room where a worker dressed as a clown had to tell us stories and whatnot that's terrifying imagine some like underage like underpaid teenager has to dress up as a clown and tell ghost stories (laughs) so at the end he asks is there any questions i asked him if he ever felt tugging at the pants he stops and emphasizes that it is very common in the museum for people to feel their pants being tugged or pulled. He then said word for word, "There is a little girl here who is not evil but is mischievous." I then told him that I already felt my pants being pulled twice at that point of at that point of the tour. The clown jokingly told me that the hair must be following me because of my slick my slick backed hair. Now. Now, here is where it gets really interesting. There is a room before the box. I don't want to name the box for personal reasons. I think we all know the box that we're talking about. If you know, you know. If you, I-Y-K-Y-K, just Google Zach Bagan's box and um, you'll, you'll get a lot of stuff probably, but what you want to see, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know when you see it. It's supposed to, and then um, he continues and says, it's supposed to be one of the most haunted items. In the room before the box, there's a video explaining how haunted this box is and that if you don't want to see the box, you can stay behind while the other guests go inside and check it out. While the video was playing, I felt a soft tug on the exact spot of my right calves. I want to say three to five seconds later, my pants got tugged on again, but this time it was with such force that it made me jump in front of everyone watching the video. Everyone saw me jump. I had the strongest feeling that the little girl pulled my pants so hard as a warning to not step inside the next room. The next couple of days, I couldn't stop feeling sympathy for this little girl. I prayed to God that if she really is a little girl stuck in there to please help her. But if it was something else, I just wanted to leave that up to God. (laughs) I like that. That's above our pay grade as humans. Like God, you deal with the ghosts. There were a lot of kind of comments with all different types of stories and so sunspot underscore mike commented my wife and i went there in february of 2019 she's not a believer whatsoever but while we were waiting in line my wife saw a girl with waist length brown hair and a bluish gray dress running across the parking lot and then poof there was no little girl there she said the girl looked five or six years old i missed the entire thing because i was working on that silly waiver about attachments (laughs) (laughs) we looked for the original house's owner cyril cyril i can't read s Wengert, and his family and we did find several photographs but none seemed to match up to the girl i thought most of the place was ridiculous be careful what you say sunspot mike but it was cool she saw something and she was intrigued enough to see if we could find photos of the little girl she saw yeah so and then there's just some more discussion, you know, saying that people saw saddle figures, a woman in Victorian clothing and, you know, all this kind of standard haunted site stuff, people fe- feeling sudden emotions, all that type of stuff. So I think what was kind of interesting about the follow up of the post was that they were like, yeah, we saw a little girl in the dress and she had long brown hair, but it wasn't the standard white dress.
0: hmm that kind of gives it some weight if you ask me. Right now, we're going to be talking about the La Plaza Mansion and the sordid past that it had that would write the story on how it would become one of the most haunted places in Las Vegas. So, a little background on the mansion. Uh, It's located on 1700 Banny Drive in Las Vegas, and currently it appears to be on the market for sale. And the price is going for a little over 1.1 million dollars and for many wealthy investors it might be a place that has a very rich history and if you have that much money you probably wouldn't mind spending that much on a house that may already have additional quote-unquote residents <laughs> so yeah the, the house is- changed,
1: honestly 1.1 million dollars okay i'll just what do i do do i venmo the realtor do i sell them like i just i made that yesterday Oh, I'm just gonna send some
0: Bitcoin. You know, no big deal. Some Ethereum. About,
1: I was talking to my brother about Bitcoin, and I was like, "Have you heard of Diarrhea Coin?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, but I
0: don't want to hear you say that sentence ever again." Fuck Dodge Coin. Diarrhea Coin's the next wave.
1: <laughs> it's all into. Di- I'm putting all my money into Diarrhea. Take all my
0: money. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Shut up and take my diarrhea. <laughs> So the house was built in 1959 and had undergone some renovations over the years. And the last known renovation had happened in October of 2017. This house has like a Spanish style hacienda flavor, and it's very common in most luxury homes located in the southwestern part of the United States. But who lives inside the house that made it a haunted place for visitors to check out in the first place? Well, rumor had it that a mob boss had purchased the house years ago and had carried out many attacks and murders in the house itself. Enemies, oh, yeah, enemies gang members that were insubordinate to the boss and many others may have met their untimely demise in the La Palaza mansion. But the specters themselves might still be around creating all kinds of ghostly terror. So we're going to talk about a house of mob-like horrors, the La Palaza itself. So while Las Vegas has a mob presence during the golden years of the city's explosion of casinos, hotels, and entertainment options, the behind the scenes events of Sin City's organized crime network was said to have happened here in this home. Those who disagreed were taken to a nearby room where they were killed. Some visitors of the home might have recalled seeing blood covering the walls. Even one interesting spot that some ghost hunters recall seeing while exploring the home was a random drain sitting in the middle of the floor in one of the rooms. Needless to say, it wasn't some kind of bathroom. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. For blood? Yes. This was like a murder house. I love that for them. Yes. Mob house dream. So oh, at, at one point in time, a couple had purchased the home and were treated harshly by some of the other, quote unquote, residents, as we call them, in the home. On the first week, they hosted a dinner party with friends, and that's when the hauntings began. At one point during the party, they saw a wine glass get pushed off the counter and shattered onto the floor. And beyond that, they had recalled hearing hissing noises, the shouting of obscenities and words like you broke in here and kill her were said to be heard in adjacent rooms.
1: Oh, that's just me in the attic watching a Logan Paul fight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And one resident was said to be taking a shower and had often heard some other obscenities coming from nearby. The residents had left since and were said to have felt quite uneasy about the events that occurred while they were living inside the house. Well, no fucking shit. No other known residents have purchased the house since. And since it's been on the market for a few years, the prices seem to fluctuate over time. But only someone who's crazy brave and has enough cash to throw might purchase a place like this. While it may not be known who the mob boss that purchased the house is, A home with such a sordid past can only be torn down or renovated in order to get rid of the evil specters that seem to invade the home. Another president, another resident prior to the couple was known to not believe in ghosts and paranormal activity. However, how did that work out for them? However, (laughs) he did he did recall hearing sounds coming from the attic. He can only describe them as buzzing noises, as they were coming from some as if they were coming from some sort of radio transmission. That's what this person said. Oh, geez. Now. We got to talk about the secret rooms. Okay. With the drains. Are there more drains? I hope not. Stay tuned. So the mansion is known for having some secret rooms. Past visitors of the home would often come across them by complete accident. It was rumored that these secret rooms were places where murders would take place. And most of them were so gruesome that blood can still be seen on the walls of some of these rooms. However, the room, the home had long since been stripped down on the inside perhaps associated with one of the more recent renovations. But these secret rooms came quite in handy whenever the unknown mob boss was busy entertaining guests and associates. It was also rumored that some of these murder rooms were colored all in white and had drains located in the middle of the floor, possibly another way to get rid of evidence in the event of a murder investigation. So these drains were all over the fucking place. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. There have been spirits looming around that have not been murdered, supposedly. It's been said that the ghost of an older woman wearing oversized sunglasses is said to be sitting out on the porch smoking cigarettes. I love that. Yeah, she's just living her best life. Her best eternal life. Her, yeah. Um, (laughs) It it was said that she was the eternal life. (laughs) We We need that as merch. Living my best eternal life. Yes!
1: It's a big episode for merch.
0: Yes, thousand percent. Um, It was also rumored that she was a relative of the mob boss, some saying that she was the mother. It was said that while she was well known among the higher ups in the crime family, she typically kept her money counting activities a secret and would often hold herself up in the attic in the house. She did this as a way to avoid police from noticing anything suspicious, like large stacks of money. Yeah, typically the police would regularly patrol the Scotch 80s neighborhood of Vegas since it was considered to be a high-end neighborhood, but one of the hotbeds of some major criminal activity. If you think she was the most harmless specter of the bunch, you could not be any more wrong. She was known for being nasty, drinking, and smoking cigars along with the quote-unquote boys. Okay, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) She made... She may have also played a role in the murder room happenings prior to the dirty deed themselves. Her role in that regard still remains unknown. So in conclusion, the La Palazza mansion may be on the housing market for the time being, but no one would ever dare purchase this house. While the home might not be open to the public right now, it has long been a fixture on many ghost tours that take place in Las Vegas. And if you have the money to throw around and you really want to buy a home of forest, knock yourself out. Just don't be surprised if you happen to have some unruly housemates causing all kinds of ruckus.
1: Okay. So I am loving the woman with the sunglasses and a cigar who's like this nasty, miserable bitch who kills people. My spirit animal. Yeah, honestly. Just, yeah. I mean, minus the killing, but like not being all that great to be around, 100%. So Love. I'm looking at pictures of it now and this place is fucking Nice oh yeah holy shit so the question is who has 1.1 million dollars and would like to trade it in with me and Rebecca for just like a couple of ghoulie things stickers and a t-shirt because I'm in
0: you can donate to our patreon
1: at just ghoulie things podcast (laughs) crap I'm sorry this is insane so what would you do Rebecca let's say Mike comes home one day and he says, you know what? Fuck this place. I'm getting us a house. And he comes back a day later with keys. And you go into the house and there's drains in the middle of every room. What the fuck would you do?
0: Are we talking like a nice house? <laughs> like, a, what, what are we, like, what yeah, type no, of house are we like,
1: talking
0: about? It's like a fucking, like,
1: bougie, like, North, North, North Jersey, like, Bergen County fucking mansion what would you do minding my
0: own damn business (laughs) covering (laughs) up those drains all right we're gonna make sure we're gonna drain all those drains make sure everything's out everything's squeaky clean and we're going right over acting like nothing happened (laughs) putting in some carpet (laughs) yes carpet is a yes for me in this situation (laughs) i'm a hardwood (laughs) girl but like carpets or i'm team carpets in this situation yes
1: what about anything but the drain put that (laughs) hashtag anything but the drain that's also
0: that's merch what about we what about you lily if like your future husband goes to you and gives you keys to a house you walk into the house and there is in fact drains and blood on the walls let's add that Mm -hmm. what what do you oh shit
1: um i would say were these well hmm hmm at first, I'd be surprised that I even had a husband. That is a catch. Like, I'd be like, I made it this far. And then I'd be like, you want to buy me a house? And then when I, if I saw like there was like blood and drains, I'd be like, this seems about right for me. <laughs> I think, you know what I think, Rebecca? I would think I don't know what else I was expecting. Fair. Very <laughs> much I'd fair. FaceTime you, And then I'd FaceTime you and show you everything. That would be my next, my initial reaction would be, oh, of course. Then I'd be like, Rebecca has to see this.
0: And also, Rebecca, I am going to post this on just Bully Things Instagram. Yes,
1: exactly. The Boothangs would be like the second people to know after me. Thousand percent. And after
0: you. Yeah. So the third people. <laughs> yes. The third people to know would be all of you guys. Uh, okay. Lily, what is your last encounter story for today?
1: So my last story is kind of short and sweet. It's, Let me open it, see what it's called. So this one is by Koto Throwaway. Okay. And this is, so I do want to preface this by saying that I did read the whole thing and I do really like that it has kind of like this disclaimer of maybe being a stretch. So I kind of want to take you guys on this like, three paragraph ride with me and see what we all think so it says this might be so it's called las vegas henderson 666 house this might be a stretch as some people do not remember or know about its existence but has anyone here been to the 666 house in vegas it was torn down a few years back finally after another fire took place a few had happened in its history and I hear Zach Bagans added the staircase to his museum before that happened, but I cannot confirm. And then OP edited and said, stairs have been confirmed to not be from this house. So, follow okay. them. One thing I always thought was interesting is that a lot of people who deny the paranormal still cannot explain some of the experiences they had there. The actual address was 669 or 6690, and the nine was flipped to read 666. It was a somewhat popular place in Vegas, especially around Halloween, for people to sneak into and do makeshift rituals or play with Ouija boards. However, since most people are not that knowledgeable about what they were doing, you would hear many stories about people opening boards, getting spooked, and running out without closing them, which, of course, just added to the madness. There were also supposed rituals held there. There was blood on the walls and floor often around different demonic symbols. Growing up, paranormal experiences were common for me and I did my best to not put myself in situations that could make things worse. So I actively avoided these places and even felt uneasy driving past it. And as as you see from the main road, But more recently, I've taken an interest in some of the city's more unusual places and would love to hear if anyone has had any experiences there. If you have, what were the experiences like? Or if anyone has a similar house or if anyone has a similar house or in their city or town. So I would just like to say, and I will read a lot of comments on this. There is more. So this person, Ham Aloha says I'm from Vegas and you brought back a memory I forgot even existed I've never heard of Zach Bagans obtaining the staircase however he does have a staircase in the museum from a house in Gary Indiana that has a similar but better documented history it's known as the Ammons haunting case if you want to check that out and someone else says I never thought I would read about oh this is Cassidy Maddox says, I grew up in Las Vegas and I never thought I would read about that house on Reddit. I went there in high school with some friends. I remember pentagrams painted on the walls and other things laying around like the past mentioned. Didn't didn't stay for long because we heard some other people in the house and booked it. It was probably some crackheads, but the place definitely had a spooky vibe. I'm not sure if it was really haunted or just became what it was, because of the house number or it being abandoned. But it's such a trip to be reminded of it again. Mm. So there's a whole lot, like I said, like this whole thread is just people talking about it. So, and people kind of talking about, what's it called? All of those, like their own experiences with their own kind of, I guess, I've been trying to avoid saying this phrase, but like their own haunted mansions. hmm So... Something interesting is you're getting like half of these comments are people saying, oh, I'm from Vegas and X happened to me in the house, right? Mm -hmm. And other people are like, how come I've never heard of this? I'm from Vegas. So I think it's really interesting kind of wondering, was this real and then hidden from the community that now there are people born in Las Vegas, maybe say 15, 16 years ago, and they log on to Reddit and they've never heard of it because it was hidden from their community. Like why is something that was once such a token kind of urban legend just hidden why would they do that in conclusion i would like to say if only walls can talk honestly if only walls and like drains in the middle of rooms could talk yeah we would have a lot
0: more answers than questions i feel like i honestly yeah that's a good point point. and then it would just be boring i like the idea of being able to bounce around ideas and different theories because at the end of the day, I don't think we'll ever really know. Well,
1: and that's, that's why it's kind is. of
0: fun. It's kind of fun to
1: like end an episode in the unknown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with, I don't know why. I feel like it was just, maybe it's because I grew up in a town that was so small with like no paranormal attractions or anything, mm-hmm. but like having the people because most of the time when I get a story from like from reddit I try to read the comments too and see if there's anything like additional and juicy or if there's maybe like a nasty fight I can live through yeah but I thought it was interesting seeing like half the comments saying yes I've heard of this I went there in high school and it was haunted or how come I've never heard of this I've lived here my whole life yeah what is the disconnect when did it happen who made this executive decision to just cancel this house from all culture in the town? Like, what happened? What was the moment? What was the
0: motive? Who knows? No. You know, we might never know. If well, all Walt could talk, Rebecca Ruber. Well, if any of you guys are from Vegas or you've visited Vegas and you've had paranormal experiences, please let us know them. Email us at... JessicalyThingsPodcast cool at gmail.com. And we would totally love to talk to you guys about it further. Uh, Rebecca...
1: I just wanted to say on behalf of the whole community listening, good luck in Vegas. Fucking have fun. And we will like remember us when you're a famous boxing reporter. Ready for the socials? Born ready.
0: All right. Follow us on Instagram at Just
1: Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Rupert and at Lily Baldessari.
0: Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Cooly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Cooly Things Podcast group. Donate to that Patreon. Just Schooling Things Podcast. Buy our merch at tpublic.com by
1: searching Just schoolly Things Podcast. And for more designs, you can go to rebeccaruber.com slash shop. And you can also
0: support Inside the Ring while you're there. You can. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things. And we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest, or herself, the same again get your copy of james allen ross's spirit of the woods the story of a young woman's encounter with bigfoot now for the price of nine dollars and 99 cents paperback and 99 cents on kindle available on amazon now